everyone, welcome to episode 3 of the Arts and Minds podcast. I know it's been some time since uh, episode 2, and the format of this episode is going to be a little bit different, and that's just down to the social distancing and stuff. The main reason there's been such a long segment is one, it was back to work, and two, it's hard to interview people in person with social distancing. I could do it over the internet, and I more than likely will at some point, but I need kind of a platform where it's easier to speak and talk. Um, because just doing over the phone and stuff there's lots of things that kind of get in the way as you've probably seen with the episode with Eamon so it's just down to down to that reason like no other reason than I want to be able to give these guys um, their hour to talk their hour in the spotlight without any interruptions because I think it's very unfair to say you know this is a podcast um, dedicated to giving you an hour to speak and then that hour to speak gets interrupted constantly which is not something that I want to do and it's also meant to be a place where they can promote themselves uh, totally free of charge and totally totally their own thing and also to enlighten you guys about it and it's not fun to be listening to a podcast that's chopped up and changed and stuff you just you kind of want the one thing the whole way through and if it ruins the flow of that it ruins the ruins the point in doing it um I hope everyone is staying safe out there and you know keep adhering to social distancing and stuff and I hope everyone's starting to see a light at the end of the tunnel now I don't know when we'll ever really see normality as we knew it again we mightn't even but you know things are slowly starting to improve and just maintain what we already know um, keep your immune system in check that's not a really that's, that doesn't get talked about enough you know you need to out your immune system and now is a great time to rethink your meals and how you plan your meals um, which I think is probably some of the best advice anyone can give you is to look at, look at your diet uh, look at how, how we eat and what we can gain from that look at the vitamins that we're deficient in or signs that we're de- deficient in vitamins and just keep a keep a good barrier up there it might help against the infection um so this episode is a little bit different i talked to my buddy and i just said hey you know there's a lot of these album things going around on facebook which i think is great i was like but me and that guy we talked about albums for many many years before this uh well over 15 years now at this point and uh, we both really connected on music and oh we connected on lots of things but one of our main things was music and he's a big music aficionado and so am i and we used to have a very similar taste in music when we were teenagers but as we both got older our music styles I won't say they drifted because we are both into each other's music anyway but I started exploring the left road and he started exploring the right road so we had a little bit of variety between the albums that, that we picked so it's three albums and I've done a couple of honourable mentions as well we talk about the album and we talk a little bit about why the album is good compared to why a song is good you know it's an album as one hour piece rather than you know the songs on the, on the album like this album as a whole if you press play to the second that's finished you know why is why is this good kind of a little bit more of a critique of it i guess so it's a little bit different to what we we normally do but it still maintains the art side of it and it's not quite an interview and we might do something like this a little bit more often i have to see with the way that things are going right now and my own ability to be able to interview people it might be a little bit different but we might do we might do something like this again i hope you enjoy the episode there's going to be an extra added bit on the end because i started we started talking about some funny stuff towards the end um we talked a little bit about some of the 80s action movies that we liked and in particular steven seagal 
and Steven Seagal's uh, perception of reality is a little bit skewed. If you want to hang on till the very end to listen to that bit, I think it's definitely worth to listen. You'll learn something new. But thanks for listening to the episode. It's about an hour long, uh, probably a little bit more than an hour even. Um, I hope you enjoy it. You can reach me on at Arts and Minds on Twitter if you think this episode was total BS and you want to tell me please do and if you think it was great please do you can also catch me on instagram at wendago that's w-e-n-d-a-y-g-o and you can see some of my own artwork and of course hit me up there and you can dm me on that as well so have a good day stay safe and i hope you enjoyed the episode anyway on to albums that's what we're here to talk about my god but yeah there's a loophole you have to go down seems to get a loophole it's amazing right so these are kind of the ones that they're not in any order. Okay. They just I wanted to put them on the list, but like for different reasons I couldn't. Mainly because they're kind of very niche. Like I couldn't mm-hmm. give them to anyone, and you can give them to eight percent of the population. Eight percent of the population would like one or the other. These ones are kind of like uh, you couldn't really hand them to anyone, right? So the first one honestly is closing time with Tom Waits, which is Tom Waits' first kind of breakout album, and the last album he actually tried to sing in. He's not a guy I'm fond of, but I see where you're coming. He's yeah. not—he's not my taste of music. But. He's got a lot of albums, and I think they're very avant-garde. They're kind of their yeah. own thing. Um, Closing times is kind of—you could probably hand it to a lot of people to be good tunes on it. Some of the tunes I've actually wrote down, right? You got Marta, which is a fan. That's one of the most tear. That's the biggest tearjerker that I've ever listened to. It's a great, great, great tune. Also covered by Freddie Wright, Freddie White, Ireland's own. Yes. Yes. Um. Lonely is another great one. I hope I don't fall in love with you. Brilliant. Um, so you so you got like a great one. And I think personally myself, if it was down to me, every song on that is brilliant except for maybe the first one, which is Old Fifty Five. But it gets it's one of those albums that one, two, three, four. It gets better as it goes along. It's not like mm. you know number four is a great number and track number twelve is really good, but number nine is shit. It's got a lot of great stuff. That's probably the highlight of the whole thing and the most all around one. The rest are very specific. There's New Order, Low Life, which is a great album. It's one with Elegia on it. And New Order are the band that followed Joy Division after mm. Ian Curtis, I think his name. Yeah, Ian Curtis. He was the lead singer of a band called Joy Division, and he hung himself. And they formed a band after that. The weird thing was, because Joy Division was like right underneath here. The weird thing was is Joy Division itself was kind of a different kind of music because it spiraled out in the 80s. And then... In the middle of the 80s, like, Curtis is gone, all that. Um, and then New Order started. And New Order was, again, a, kind of, I suppose, a natural evolution of Joy Division. Mm. But they were definitely more electronic and more kind of experimental and more ambient. And I think Joy Division was really popular and New Order wasn't as popular. Like, they had Blue Monday. Everyone loves Blue Monday. Yeah, everyone loves that. Um, but it was, it, it's a great thing to see a band do something great twice. Yeah. So, you know, you, you don't mm. see it too often. I know, like, you have... Bowie, who's not on this list at all, surprising, but like you have Bowie who reinvents himself for every album. But for one band to really focus absolute laser point focus on what they're doing to do something great twice, like to, it's yeah. like lightning striking twice in one place. And the next band is, as I just mentioned, Joy Division Unknown Pleasures. I think that's an album everyone should own. It's yeah. a fantastic album. It has New Dawn Fades on it, it has a bunch of it's one of those ones where like every track on it is very listenable. New Dawn Fades definitely stands out among the rest. If you're on a long drive, 
Oh, if you're on that's Android, <laughs> that's the app. You can put just yeah. new Donald Fades on yeah. the It's amazing. Um, after that, someone nobody's heard of, but I think he's a great artist. It's Bill Miller, and he's an album called Ghostlands. He's a Native American, and a lot of his songs are about Native American life, and not just like the spiritual side of it, but just also the political side of mm. Native America, where they stand amongst uh, in the greater uh, American continent and how they're treated and things like that. And it's just it's an eye open album, but on on the album Ghost Dance, it's, it's a self titled album because there's a track on it as well called Ghost Dance, which mm. is just insanely good. Um, a lot of people won't have heard of this guy because I can't I stumbled upon him by accident. I can't remember how I went down. I just went down a rabbit hole listening to music, came across this guy, fell in love with that song and that album afterwards. Next, me and you heard heard this band. You knew it was going to make it onto this ghost, right? And yeah. they have um one of their first albums, not the first album, but one of their first albums called Meloria. M E L I O R A. I don't know how to pronounce it, if I'm pronouncing that yeah. properly or not. But they have a great number on it called Cerise, which they opened with mm-hmm. uh, Metallica, and it was just like ecstasy. <coughs> Another number on that, uh, Pinnacle to the Pit, great. Yeah, great. And song. it's just. Yeah. Every Jesus Christ, it's like 80s hair metal. They, they call themselves a heavy metal band. It's not heavy metal to me. No. It's, no, it's 80s metal. synth metal. Like, no. But it's brilliant. It's so well done. As, as, a live, as a live show, amazing. But even their stuff on their own, like, there's a lot yeah. of good numbers on every album. That should remind me of Judas Priest in a way. Yeah, they're kind of up up that alley. Like yeah. they still have the and your man's voice. Your man's a great vocals, and and half of them are anonymous. Only the lead singer we know who he is, and that's because his identity got leaked. Yeah, his identity got leaked, and as as far as like we saw him live, so which we highly recommend both. Oh, I absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I highly recommend them. Yeah, like I went, I went to Metallica kind of with bass with Brett. I wasn't totally sold on it, but I was like, you know what, I should go see Metallica. It was just the fact that you go all the way to Slane. I freaking hate Slane. I actually like Slane. I fucking hate it. It's the travel I don't like. But yeah, the venue I do. Yeah, but you can't. There's so many people there. Yeah. Do you know? Um, yeah, but Slane only takes on like. Uh, it, what is it, 8,000 people or something? Over 80,000 people. 80? Yeah. You sure it's not 8? No, it's 80. So, it's right. over 80,000. Um, Funnily enough, Metallica didn't set out for that. No, I didn't. And the only reason I know that is because there was gaps. <laughs> <laughs> At Guns N' Roses, there was just no gaps in there. <laughs> there was no gaps. You were yeah. in one place, that's it, you came over. And you were kind of just like that. You were like a, 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 yeah. a needle in there. But boy, God, what a concert. It was amazing. Yeah. That blew me away. Yeah, best concert I was ever at, probably. Yeah, easily, easily with me too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, ghosts, ghosts were amazing. And there was a Pope in there and he had to carry it off the stage I don't know what <laughs> I, I imagine that if you went to see maybe he lost his fate or something yeah. <laughs> being metallic about the things he saw or whatever there was like if you go to see that you're seeing a show and you're listening to music yeah that, well we have to say that about Metallica too they put on a better show than yeah. music to be honest I, I, I felt I didn't I didn't dig it I know you their background drops were crazy <laughs> they were brilliant yeah. the, the the film thing that was playing in the background when yeah. they were playing oh it was so good when they're playing one especially yeah and that was that yeah. was a standout and then yeah. the fire oh, oh. fire yeah we were, we were a good what half a mile away from the fire and we could feel it and we could feel it on our face as if yeah. we were right in front of a campfire it was this massive jet of fire jet stream fire it was like five of them I think there was we thought there was only one and then the rest of them went yeah. off and, and they went like, off to the beach yeah. yeah it was it was amazing yeah, it, was, it was cool it was actually really cool next one Again, not for everyone. They're a, as they call themselves, a Zef band. I don't know what Zef is. It's apparently it's kind of like a style, uh, kind of like Chavzor, mm-hmm. but like not quite. Um, they're, they're a rap electronic dance band. Uh, they're called Die Antwerp. They're from South Africa. And their album, Donker Mag. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, because you know, I don't speak South African, so, or Afrikaans, I should say. 
uh, a great album. And I will say one thing about Diane I've never really been into rap or hip hop. I couldn't get into it. I just, you know, we're out here in the country. I grew up out in the country. Curtain Call is a good album. That Curtain Call is a great album. That's I think that's more kind of like it's not genre specific mm. that jumped out of it. Do you know what I mean? Um, but Diane Ford were definitely uh, again stumbled upon him. There's a great number called Ugly Boy, uh, Fatty Boom Boom, and a lot that I can't say on the podcast because they're full of expletives. Um, but they're definitely taking that idea of like hip hop and uh, kind of like you know with techno beats and stuff and taking it to a new level, almost in a tribal kind of a way with the amount of drums that go on and it. Um, and the rapping in it is fantastic as well. There's a female rapper and a male rapper. Uh, the females, the ladies called uh, Yolandi, and the other guys called Ninja. I don't know if they had solo careers before mm. this, but this is definitely... They're also, sorry, there's the DJ as well who does a fantastic job. And it's, when I heard it, I just... I love it with that moment when I, I've just never heard anything like this. Yeah. And it was amazing. And I listened to a lot of their music still. And they're still releasing music. And some of the interviews I've seen with them as well, they're really interesting characters. They're not... Yeah. Um, they're not kind of... I suppose because they're South African and not American, they don't fall into that kind of show-and-tell thing. They were in... A, episode of uh, some YouTube show and they were saying like oh we went to see Kanye West and they're like that was weird because they were, they were in his house hanging around and he said it was so bizarre and they want to go back yeah. there again and they said, <laughs> then they went to filmmaker David Lynch's house and they, told, they said like um, it was amazing he was lovely there's one weird thing his cigarettes don't smell <laughs> like there's no smell yeah. off his cigarettes I yeah was that's like, strange yeah he's a, well, David Lynch is a weird guy I was actually this, this fourth episode of this podcast was meant to be about David Lynch but I tried to do it on my own Forget about it. I made so many bleep bloops yeah. and bleepers. I, I might actually put them in the end of the episode. And the last one, I think, uh, it was going to come in here anyway. This is probably the hardest one uh, for a band that I had to pick one album from, because to me, every single one of their albums are amazing and brilliant. And it's Ramstein. Yeah, Ramstein. What a band. Yeah, it's just so good, and it's like industrial metal, but. Again, it's something you haven't really heard before, but it's not. It's not too. It's metal, but it's tame. It's very tame. Yeah, it, that, the sound of it itself is very tame, very melodic compared to some yeah. other industrial metal bands. Um, and the album is Herzeloid. I yeah. don't. I'm not going to try and pronounce that in German, but it's H E R Z E L E I D. That was probably the one where you could say it's one of their earlier albums. It might be their first or second album, but it was the one that I was kind of like. I'm looking through it like because I, I didn't come into them yeah. early. I came into them. You actually told me about them, yeah. And um, I just fell in love with them straight away. Yeah, they're a really good band. And picking one album, <clears throat> probably it was like picking your favorite child. It's like this with Ramstein, you have right the lead singer of Ramstein. For people who don't know him, he's an Olympic swimmer, <laughs> he's a carpenter, and a basket weaver, a basket weaver, yeah. And he's a lead singer. And, he's, he's right. and a poetry. And he's a poet. He's two books of poetry. Uh, you read one of them. Yeah. And, and it's fantastic. Isn't it? It's but really good. That's the, t- that's the point I'm going to make about the talent of Ramson. You can't pick an album, but you can't, if you're into poetry, you can't pick a poetry book that you love either. No, I know you can't. No, that's he's that talented. He is. And I think they put a lot of effort into their albums. And they definitely work harder than I've ever seen a band work before. They really put a lot of hard work into their identity as a band. Yeah, and they kind of, well, strip it down, really. Yeah, because... Uh, if you look at Ramstein, a lot of music, like people think it's heavy metal, which they won't sell their albums in the Republic of Ireland. Yeah, because we won't show them, is it? Yeah. Yeah. And what a lot of people forget is like, a lot of music is actually a piss take. Yeah, it's not serious. Yeah, it's not serious. It's like. really not serious. Um, it's not even that, it's not dark like. 
it's not if you look if you translate it's hard to translate the lyrics to find like a good translation a lot of it is about there's a lot of love songs in there there is and um, you, you can read that through his poetry too you can there's a lot and it's just it's love seen at a different angle yeah. he has a solo album Till Lindemann the lead singer has a solo, yeah. solo album and it's called Skills and Pills and that was going to make the list as well but I was like I can't put that in there um, and what it is is it's every song is a different kind of perversity but you could call it a, a, a romance album just taken from a different point of view to what we see as traditional mm-hmm. romance here in the west and it's fantastic it's a great album yeah. and again and it's so hard to pick a good Ramstein yeah. album. They're all brilliant. Yeah, they're all they're all great. Yeah, they're I, a great band. Uh, there's no even their newer albums because most bands go through this thing with newer albums. Kind of, yeah. I know if they shake off a bit, I think Metallica yeah. suffer with that where they kind of stop getting along. Yeah, you know, yeah. and um, I have a Metallica album on my list actually. It's actually their fourth album, which is weird. Yeah, it's usually the first two, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. one or the other. Yeah, but it's actually their fourth album. <laughs> and I, I think it's their best one. Yeah, but I think Ramstein are good at that. They kept. Yeah. What they know and what they do, and they just really put a lot of effort in it. Even their latest album, there's a great number on it called Outlander, and it's fantastic. And I listen mm. to it constantly. I find like any band I listen to the early stuff and I dabble with the newer stuff, but I won't yeah. listen to it constantly. Every album, I'm listening to it over and over again, mm. and it's brilliant. Yeah, they're great. They're Why great. are they not getting enough credit? No, maybe it's because here we can't understand them. I don't know if people speak German, I don't know, but I actually, I actually find it kind of soothing. I, I, I prefer that I don't understand it yeah. because it keeps me guessing. They have, a, they have a song on it. Um, I'm not forgetting. Some of their songs are in English too, though. They do, yeah. They have yeah, bits, in, bits English, in English and bits in, I should say, Irish and German. Um, there's what is it, Only Dick? There's a song on one of their albums, and it's the closest thing you can get to watching a horror movie with the way the verses go and, and how it moves around. But even the video seems like a horror movie. And it's about all these kids in an orphanage. Yeah. And then they come back years later. Um, and so it's something that is explored. That's the best way to put it. Mm. It has mystery about you can explore their music. You can't do that with a lot of modern music because it's basically it's on even beyond the album cover. You know what yeah. this album is about. You know what this song is about. That all that stuff is definitely great to be explored. Yeah. More so in the way that like people say, oh, Bob Dylan's music can be explored. Half of Bob Dylan's music is nonsense. He don't know what it's fucking about. Yeah. You know that's up to you. But they they have like a certain kind of they have an idea. And it's up to you to figure out what it is, and then it's up. It's to in the end, it's, the ambiguity of it is it's totally up to you. And you can make it you want as well. Yeah, ag- yeah. exactly. Now to get on to those were the honorable mentions. None of them are in order; they're all rhythms. But these ones are in order. This is a level of goodness, and this is totally personal. <coughs> I don't know if some people probably won't agree with me, but like I think number three and number two, people definitely haven't heard of. On your list On my list anyway. Oh, well, everyone's definitely heard of my list <laughs> yeah, If you haven't heard of my list There's something wrong with you Yeah if you haven't heard of Donald's list You kind of Really want to reevaluate What you're listening to um, So number three on it This one Number was, one is On your list Should be heard of Number two definitely No I, nobody's heard of this one Really? Yeah nobody's heard of it That's why it's, it's so bizarre That nobody's heard of that one but they've, heard of, they've heard of the rest of it It's like one of the first albums I've ever listened to That one? Yeah Really? Yeah, really. Yeah. No, that that that's. I get. I get. I that love album. that guy. Yeah, he's amazing. Uh, so the first album is from a band. It's a solo person, but I suppose you can call it a band. Um, I can't. I don't even know what to say about this. I stumbled upon this one. Listen, there was an E three trailer a couple of years ago, and they used one of the numbers on it called "I'll Keep Coming." And again, like I said with Ramstein, like I said with uh, 
being a ghost, but like Joy Division and stuff. Something you just never heard before. Mm. In a style that you've never heard of before. Yeah. And it just blew me away and I kept on listening to it, listening to it, listening to it. So I was like, well, I have to go get this album and see what it's like. So I checked out the album and almost every number on it was like, spoke to me in a different way. I won't say that every number was amazing because it wasn't and every number won't be for everybody. But the album's called Zero by Low Roar. A lower or low roar. It's hard to say over and over again. Yeah. But um, it's recent enough. It's not probably came about in 2013, 2014, something like that. Um, and one of the obviously the, the best number on this is I'll keep coming, and it's probably the most famous as well. But there's other numbers on it as well. There's I'm leaving, which is probably it's a really sad song, but it's so melodically beautiful. Mm. I think that's true of the whole album. Is the melodies of all of these tunes are just out there really good and uh, the last one is Easy Way Out which is another sad number but again just really unique in and of yeah. itself and that uniqueness is what so definitely what made it make this list but also it's an album I could throw on at any time yeah you know and, and get whatever out of it that it's album. a great album and it's still and it's still a great album yeah. no matter how many album. times I, yeah. I listen to it they stand, the album stands the test of time with how much you listen to it yeah you know um Number two, this is one. This is the first one you heard. Yeah, but it was one of the first albums I've ever listened to. That's a strange one because I, I was I don't know how I came across this. But you you had to discover music yourself, didn't you? I did. Through your childhood. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did to a certain extent too. Like I grew up listening to, and I was actually going to add them in my list. It was actually Queen. Oh, Queen's amazing. Until I started searching their albums. <sighs> Do it later. <laughs> I know it's hard. I've done that before. It's like there's actually I've looked through all of it. I love Queen for anyone who's listening. I love Queen. They're one of my yeah, favorite yeah, bands yeah. of all time. They're the best compilation albums in the world. But their <laughs> <they're laughs> so albums are released are chronic. They're fairly bad. They're yeah. terrible yeah, albums. They're, they're bad. But there is some numbers in them that don't ever make those compilation albums. That get no, them make no. love. Yeah. Uh, what's the other one? Hammer will fall. Hammer will fall and uh, the actually the one Queen song I really actually don't like is actually Under Pressure. Yeah, it's overplayed. I think. No, Jedward ruined it for me. Oh yeah, Jedward too. Yeah, they, <laughs> wow. Yeah, they ruined it for me. There's a memory I don't want. Yeah. Like, why? Why you ruined Freddie Mercury's yeah, name with that? Like, do you know what I mean? Maybe he's turning in his grave somewhere. Yeah. Um. Turning in his ashes. Yeah, but uh, like I said, I did because my parents weren't. I suppose they grew up in a different time, but it was a lot of like show band music. Joe. No, I like Joe Dolan. I don't care. I don't care who knows that. I like Joe Dolan. Guilty pleasure. It's, a, it's not even guilty pleasure. Like he's a great fucking singer. He is a great singer, um, and he's got a great range of music and just range in his voice as well. So I don't mind that. Too Take much, a trip to the Feather Ballroom. <laughs> Take a trip back in time. <laughs> Feather Ballroom. Sounds a truck. Um, but I grew up with a lot of Bee Gees and Elvis. Bee Gees, right? yeah. And they're again, they're gro- they're both great. But I was definitely turned off to Bee Gees because I've listened to them <clears> so much. A song I can't stand, and I will if I go into a pub or if I hear it somewhere tragedy no I turn around and walk the opposite direction is it was wrote by Willie Nelson um, do you know sound crazy oh yeah but my mother used to play uh, Patsy Cline crazy yeah. and it drove me fucking crazy yeah if I could go back in time and kill one person it would be uh, Willie Nelson not Hitler because I just know how much damage <laughs> that song has done to me <laughs> over the years yeah it yeah. is chronic I hate it so I grew up listening to a lot of that. So I didn't even know what rock music was. Yeah, I, I, I grew up with something similar. Like I grew up with a lot of kind of, I suppose Irish traditional music. Uh, 
a lot of a lot of country music in my life growing up. Um, but there was also Abbott and Queen running there as well, so. Yeah, you got lucky there. I got a taste of rock late, you know. Yeah, but I all the other stuff, like, the next time you're about to mention, I discover myself. Yeah, I, the first rock album, I, I remember telling you it was a compilation album. Yeah. I don't know why I bought it. I can't remember what, what made me actually buy it. But I remember that Bad Out of Hell was the first song on it. Poison by Alice Cooper was the second song on it. And there was a bunch of 80s uh, metal tunes in there as well. And I didn't know, like I hadn't heard rock music. I'd heard something on the radio. And somebody told me in Catholic Garden in the late 90s or 80s that that's devil music, don't listen to it. So I just believed it because, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, so then I found this album and I said, this stuff is brilliant! Well, when it starts off with Bad Out of Hell, like... Yeah, what a, what a great tune. Yeah. What a great tune. I would argue with anyone that that's the best song ever written. I would argue with anyone. No, I might be wrong. I don't care. I don't care. My, and then you just relent to, it's my opinion, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Musically and lyrically, it's just... It is. It has... It's definitely a ballad. And it's definitely one of those songs that you can drag the arse out of. Yeah. And it has... It does get the arse dragged out of it. And it's still good. Yeah. And you could listen to it whenever. You can go spend 13 minutes long. It's the, the longest mu- song Musically, it's just... Musically, is amazing. Yeah. Lyrically, it's amazing. Uh, the timbre of Meatloaf's voice in it is amazing. Yeah. I found out something uh, when I was in Jersey last... Uh, not last night. Christmas, a couple of years ago. Um, that Meatloaf used to play around Jersey, right? And he used to play in pubs and sleep in his car, yeah. Yeah, yeah right. But one of the lads told me is... They all thought he was a joke. Yeah. They didn't take him seriously at all thought he was some kind of like parody of something else so the guys in the bars were just like yeah hey, yeah whatever and then they heard him on the radio one and they were like what the fuck happened this guy, this guy sucks when we've seen him yeah. and shit and I think like when I think of that I just think of remember him with uh, sure yeah why is that number um Dead Ringer for Love Dead Ringer for Love do you yeah. want me to the bar and wife in the sweat yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. His, his videos oh, do him absolutely so no funny yeah. Yeah. They're hilarious. Yeah, his videos do him like absolutely for his singing career, absolutely no justice. None whatsoever. It's it's, it's great. But like when you just hear his voice, it's amazing. Um There's a great version of Black Betty too by Yeah. Oh my god, what a brilliant version yeah. he does there. Um if it ain't broke, break it, not a great number. Yeah. Anyway, finally get on to my second one. Cyberpunk, Billy Idol. A lot of people didn't know about this, right? Great. Some people that thought I have heard of it. Vast majority of people that I don't haven't heard of it, right? It's an album that every song on is brilliant. Mm. It was so far before its time because Electric Dance Music didn't. No. It didn't catch on by then. I think it was like 89, maybe 90. Yeah. But what Billy Idol done, he done this massive um, marketing campaign to set up a website before websites were a thing um, that everyone could have access to. Yeah. I think it might even still be up. You can look it up. Um, the album cover itself is brilliant. It looks like what Cyberpunk is meant to be. It was mainly influenced by uh, a book called. Neuromancer, which gave birth to the genre of what we know most people know, or the subgenre, I should say, as cyberpunk writing, film, TV, video games, everything. There's a lot of things about cyberpunk now, like Blade Runner, that are just heralded as classics. And you could kind of say we're so attached to our yeah. phones nowadays, we're living in the cyberpunk future anyway. That's uh, high tech and low life. Yeah. Um, but all these numbers on it kind of jump into this weird future. And he's kind of telling you this story in it as well. It's a talent that I didn't know the guy had. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, he had Rebel Yell and stuff like that. They're, you know, they're great pop tunes. But I didn't know that this guy could be so prolific in the way that... Yeah, he's... He, he write, apparently, this was right after the motorcycle accident. Yeah. Um, and he just locked himself in a hotel room 
with a bunch of drugs yeah. and, and wrote every number on this after reading the book which I was like that's, I, I don't advocate doing that but that's kind of what the music is from. it's what the music is about there's yeah. a number on it called Heroin it's a cover of yeah. a, oh is it the Grateful Dead no it's Lou Reed and what was Lou Reed band? Lou, Lou Reed's band Anyway, look, somebody out there is yeah. going to be screaming at the comments, going like, "Where does he not know what the name of this band is?" I'm not having a mental lapse, okay? Um, but there's the song "Heroin," and he covered it in this in a new way, really cool. But the ones that I would draw uh, attention to, "Shock to the System" is actually the one on this. Album. Yeah, great song. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a great number. It, it's in the compilation albums. But when you say "Shock to the System," you actually feel like you're getting shocked. Yeah, and because it's the background music. Yeah, the background music yeah. printed as well. Like, but that's the thing about this album is everything's kind of diegetic. You're kind of as you're listening to it, it feels like you're gone into this world. Yeah, there's this music and. And back in the days, that is scary. Yeah, well, I suppose early nineties, but it, it was yeah. kind of scary because you hadn't heard anything yeah. like this at the time. Yeah. Again, um, "New Romancer" is a song on it. Like I said. He does this great thing. It's, see the way it's spelled N-E-U-R-O, yeah. neuro as in neurological. Um, so the book was called Neuromancer. And it's like, uh, I don't know, uh, necromancer taken to neuromancer. as in this magician of, I guess, neurological brains uh, with like different kind of circuitry and things like that. Like to give you this idea, like just in a word of what this is about. He does this clever thing where he says neuromancer and then new romancer. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's really good. It's also Wasteland, one of my favourite songs. Yeah. Um, and it starts kind of cheekily enough saying, imagine a world with no religion, no religion at all. Um, and it kind of goes down through this thing about this Wasteland and stuff. Power Junkie, a great number um, with different mixed beats. Do you remember that thing that they used to do in the 90s where they have spoken words, maybe clips from films and stuff? Yes, yes, yes. Um, in Power Junkie, they had the Muhammad Ali thing. Is I'm a, I, wasn't, It was Muhammad Ali. Yeah. It was, I'm a bad man. Yeah gonna fill up the world and he uses uses that and it's mixed into it so good another great one really chill song called Adam and Chains it's just really really metal Concrete Kingdom a song about today yeah. <laughs> and I leave it at that every number is brilliant there's interludes intros and outros the album itself is beautiful to look at wow yeah yeah great album that's, that's brilliant that's my number one Everybody, anyone who knows, you know. Anyone who knows, yeah, this guy's <laughs> coming. I feel kind of ashamed saying it. But my favourite album of all time, always has been, always will be, it's Freedom by Neil Young. This is another album, surprisingly, came out in 1989 as well. Surprising we started off the podcast talking about. Yeah, was, yeah, with his holes in his pants and yeah. his pockets and stuff. Uh, Freedom, for me, is... How could you even describe it? It's the first of... I suppose you could kind of a lot of people cite it as this is the first of grunge music they also cite uh, Ross Never Sleeps as the first of grunge music it's a combination between rock and roll and country music and it's got so many amazing numbers on it well not even that if you look at Neil Young alone if, if yeah he looks like it he, yeah. he looks like the spawn of a rocker and a, just a country hick a yokel I could spend the rest of this day arguing with you if he was a country singer or a rock and roll man. yeah and, and you could but he has so many different albums you, you could I think that's deliberate because I know after Heart of Gold he got really famous and didn't want to be yeah. to me and he tried to destroy his own career yeah to me Neil Young is an out and out rock and roll yeah I, I would I, I would say that as well but there's other people who would say no it's Harvest it's Harvest all the way he's, he's two of them he's Harvest and Harvest Moon 
fight fight me on that one. Do you know what I mean? You just can't. Why am I hey hey rocking in the free world as well? Like yeah. you know, um, there are two ultimate rock songs. Like you know, and if you put put it down to the brass tacks, what's good in this one? You're rocking the free world, crime in the city, which is a, again a narrative mm. spun through vocals. That's brilliant. El Dorado, great number. Then a totally country number, Wrecking Ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. And then a cover. I think there's actually two covers on this. Uh, I must go back and check. Um, but a cover of On Broadway by George Benson. It's just a mishmash of everything. Yeah. It, it works. He makes it work throughout the whole stream of the album. Because it starts with the acoustic version of Rocking the Free World. And then ends on the kind of the heavier version of it, the electric version. And all the songs in between that have these kind of... As, the, as they go forward, they, have, they start kind of very country. Yeah. They have these big pangs of just like... Massive amounts of reverb and crunch yeah. in the guitars, and you're just like, "What is this? This is amazing! I love it." Yeah, I'm not really one for covers of uh, great classical rock songs, but I will say one thing about Rockin' with Freewell: Pearl Jam sing a bit, and Neil Young even does. Yeah, Neil, anyone who sings Neil's, Neil Young's numbers sing about than he does. <sighs> yeah, he sounds like a strangled cat, but it doesn't. But even on this album, he sounds a lot better than what he does on some other albums. Yeah. The Pearl Jam doing it is for cover of Rockin' in the Free World. Pearl Jam, some of that are you, you too. Yeah. Bon Jovi done a cover of it. Um, Ying Wei Malmsteen and the G3 guys, they done, they done some of it as well. It's been covered by loads of people. And it's just, it's it, it works. It works. Again, it works for whatever it's meant to be. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's a great, great album. Great album. Great cover. Great everything. That's yeah. it, that's my top three albums. That's your top three, and it's a. There's quite a dialogue with stuff in there, really, isn't there? I kind of, I, when I was putting it together, I was like, okay, this is my. I know my top, top three albums. Yeah. And it was like Black Sabbath, um, Master Reality. Uh, yeah. Cyberpunk was always on it, and Neil Young was always on it. But as I kind of, I was like, wait a minute, I don't actually listen to Master the Reality that much. And then I went back and listened to Master Reality. I was like, this isn't as effective as what it was when I was a couple of years ago. Is War Pigs an album? I don't think so. I, uh, as far as I know, there's actually not as many of the classics. War Pigs is their best song, in my opinion. Yeah. I love War Pigs. I don't like Children of the Grave. Yeah, no. I don't like that song. I like Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. I like the Black Sabbath song. Um, I like a lot of their numbers. And the thing is, like, was it better with Ozzy? Was it better with Dio? Ozzy for me. Uh, Ozzy for me as well. I just prefer Ozzy in general. Um, it's, it, his character suits the band <laughs> it does yeah just a wreck of a man yeah but the, that was the kind of how Black Sabbath came about like because yeah. it was dark and he was a person who just felt torn he was a plumber yeah, yeah. he was a fucking plumber and he was like working half the year and then he wasn't working because you know when pipes freeze and stuff and he just kind of he had a lot of mental issues and a lot of um, he, bipolar disorder and stuff like that so he yeah. felt this constant darkness on him and there was also a, a greater political thing what was going on in the 60s and 70s like with Russia bombers whatever so you go to a dark place right now a lot of people fucking feel like that as well so you go to a dark place and Ozzy I suppose anyone who suffers mentally and we all do there's no one person that doesn't right there's certain people who just channel it into something else and use that as an escapism to concentrate and focus on something else and I think Black Sabbath have laser point focus when it comes yeah. to that also I'd say Black Sabbath influenced a, a lot of other bands right without a shadow of a doubt but they definitely influenced the industrial metal side because you listen to some of those albums and it sounds like you're in a factory 
you listen to Black Sabbath, it sounds like you're in a rainy churchyard where the bell's going. And it does it, it feels hellish throughout the whole thing. Even though they're quite upbeat songs. But you look at War Pigs, War Pigs is probably the most political song. It's the intro to War Pigs I love. What's the intro? It's like the drums. Yeah, I know the one. Yeah. It feels like it feels like the Indians are coming after you in a Western or something, like, you yeah. know. That's what it feels like. It does, and I think the I think the lyrics are one of the best things about that. Uh, generals gather in their masses, like witches and yeah. black masses. Is it generals gather in the yeah, and they just had a lot of bespoke hippie culture in a in a darker kind of a way. Also, kind of rebellion behind that. Yeah, well, there was yeah. a lot of like rebellion, but like most of these great numbers come out of that. Rebellious streak. Rebellious streak, but also people who just are just tired of older people making their decisions yeah. from. You could say there should be a, a lot of great bands that are gonna come out of like this these last couple of months and I all the way up to November, but I just don't hear them. Well I will someday. I'll I'll turn around to my grandchildren and say, I remember the pandemic. I think the magnitude of great bands is not being formed because what's what you see on like MTV music station or is MTV still a thing? Yeah. I had, I got rid of my TV a long time ago. And uh, like, if you listen to like any radio, like we had a remember the rock FM that was here for a couple of months on trial. That had great music on it, mm. but like we don't have stations like that in Ireland. No. So if any band that wants to be if promoted, I'll, right, yeah, it's not I'll, um, happen, like, is it? I'll play devil's advocate here and say as bad as it is here, it's worse in America. Yeah. I turn on a station. Uh, my missus is driving. Flicked on a station. She listens to a lot of Spanish stations, and I was like, "Why did you listen to all the Spanish music?" So like, I flick it over, right? And we're clung- we're driving on the periphery in New York. When you drive on the periphery in New York, you tune into their stations. It mm-hmm. switches, and I heard Ed Sheeran, and I heard Drake. So I was like, "I don't like either of those people." Um, so I switch the station. I hear Ed Sheeran and I hear Drake. I switch the station. I thought I was switching to the same station. It's just, they just play the same songs over and over and over. Mm. And they're all two minutes long and they're as vacuous as the last one. And if there's any Cheering fans out there, I'm sorry, but like, I don't care too much for his music. Nor but, Lewis Capaldi. I don't like Lewis Capaldi either. I don't like his music. I like him. He's great. Yeah, he's funny. He's, he's so funny. funny. He's, he's hilarious. And he's funny. Yeah. yeah and, but I, I, I don't like his tunes. I, I love that video he put out. He's like, please buy my album. I want to move out from it. From yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, but I just find it's very safe musically. It is, and I don't like safe music because you're not. It halts progress uh, within music. It also halts progress within conversation. Yeah. And I think we've halted that progress so much. This is why we have divide amongst people. Do, do you know, there's a divide yeah. in every f- facet of everything that we're living in this subjective reality that there is no truth anymore. This is getting very dark. Yeah. It's not going on that rock song because I'm going to line it up a small bit with a, with a well actually no when I think about it it gets quite dark still <laughs> we're just uh, two dark blokes anyway yeah. I'm going to go on to uh, my list my number three album is actually Rumours by Fleetwood Mac Rumours? now I know you're a fan of Fleetwood Mac I do yeah. uh, Rumours is probably the only album I'd consider worth listening to yeah? yeah I definitely I don't like a lot of the other ones does, r- r- Rumours says Tusk on it does it? Uh, Tost I don't think so actually Rumours has like a Go Your Own Way Dreams Couple other yeah. Number of big hits uh, Yeah no it's just a great album I think yeah. I, I think if you If you want a chill day Yeah you just stick on Rumours And it's a sunny day And you're yeah, outside you just stick on Rumours And just chill out yeah. But funnily enough The the story behind Rumours Is absolutely It's crazy Man, hit me with it. The so Like Right so basically in Rumours Steven Nicks and 
Lindsay Buckingham were childhood were childhood sweethearts in school. They, but they weren't in the band originally, were they? They were in the band when this album was made. Right. Okay. And how did both of them end up in the same band if they're childhood sweethearts? They're still going out. Oh, right, when okay. they form music right, right, right. Uh, when this band was made in 1977 it was released this um, album mm. so just when this uh, album was being made mm. they actually split up oh. and they're still in the band together and they're still in the band together after being oh. they're going out when they're like in what we call here uh, secondary school or like other points high school right. so they're childhood sweethearts from then and they just split up in the middle of this album we make so if you listen to the album really closely you can tell <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot of resentment does, between them does that have little eyes on it uh, it has no little eyes on it. Right, okay. go your own ways on it which is wrote by Lindsay Buckner and right. if you listen to the lyrics <laughs> of go your own way yeah, you can tell there's a lot going on. Yeah, there's a lot going on there but yeah it's, it's just a great album if you just want to sit out chill and actually just in a way it's a hangover album it's a hangover album yeah but it's a great album it's really chilled out but if you know the ins and outs of it it's not so chilled it's quite, it's quite bitchy actually. Yeah. So if anyone who loves the album and knows nothing about their bands, don't background, look into it. Stop listening right now. Tune out right now <laughs> because Stevie Nicks and Buckingham just split up. Mick Fleetwood is having an affair Ooh. with his wife with Stevie Nicks. Oh wow! Okay. Right. Uh, but interestingly enough, about the song "Go Your Own Way," Mick Fleetwood actually, for anyone who's dyslexic listening, hmm. he actually credits his dyslexia for the drum pattern. What? If you just listen to it, the weird strumming drumming yeah. pattern. Anyone who's a drummer will understand this. That there's a weird drumming pattern in the song, in the background of the song, throughout the whole song. And he actually credits his dyslexia for it. Because it's just so unusual. And it was, was it deliberately that way? Or was it, it yeah, a mistake it was just, he made? It was just uh, deliberate. He never came out and said whether it was a mistake or deliberate, but he just came out and said when Buckingham was writing the song, and obviously they were going through the studio and they were trying to figure it out and Stevie Nicks just wants to throw a dagger at him because it's about her right okay you know when you think about all the fucked up shit that's going on here but Steve but Mick Fleetwood is coming up with this great drum solo right yeah about a song that's about Mick Fleetwood or sorry about Lindsay Buckland and Stevie Nicks breaking up and he's shagging but Mick Fleetwood is shagging Stevie Nicks and Mick Fleetwood's wife doesn't know doesn't know any of this and there's somebody else in the band now does he have absolutely nothing to do with the whole thing (laughs) Nothing to do with it. Oh, that's even worse. If he was shagging Lizzie Buckham, then he'd be like, all right, you're all in it together. But the fact that he just, oh, he's just like, oh my God, what am I going to do? So the only thing the other band members know is that then Buckingham and Stevie Nicks are obviously separated. Yeah. So Buckingham's writing this great hit and he knows it's a hit. Like, yeah. It's a great song. But Nicks has to sing it. About herself. About herself. Yeah. And looking behind her is Mick Fleetwood coming up with this great drum solo, and he knows he's just looking at that foot, that ass in front of him. <laughs> That's the crazy thing about it. That's a great number. Just look into the drum, the drum. I'll have to listen to it after this. Yeah. yeah, just listen to it. Um, the great, great thing about it as well is that um, the band. At the, <laughs> this is this is hilarious. The band actually talk about in the credits of their album. They think about tanking their cocaine dealer. In the credits for the album. Because cocaine was the only thing that got this band through the whole thing. <laughs> and how many... How much cocaine did they do, Donald? Between their whole career, Fleetwood Mac have come out and said, if you put all the cocaine in one straight line, it would have formed seven miles. Oh, wow. Between the whole album. 
Seven miles is how far? Just seven miles. If, if you're local, if you're local, listening, it's spelled from Clamel to nearly Feather. That's a lot of cocaine. It probably is Clamel to Feather. There's a lot of the old bugger sugar. The bugger sugar, yeah. The old devil dandruff. But yeah, they actually thought about tanking them. Tanking their cocaine dealer on their credits to the album. Like that says a lot. I think it should have. Because everyone would have been like, do you know those diehard Fleetwood Macros? would be like, who is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ringing him up and stuff. Hey, what's this? Oh, I sell drugs. I'm an exotic pharmacist. And, well, actually, just my last point about the album, but it's actually, it's not really about the album, I suppose, but Rolling Stones magazine took a cover shot, right, mm. of the band that they were going to use for the album cover. Right. Or for the cover of the magazine. For the cover of the magazine. It actually yeah. ended up on the cover of the magazine. Right. But it's actually thought that they might use it for the album cover, maybe. But it's actually the band laying down kind of on a bed. But they're all, like, formed in ways where, like, it wasn't intentional. Right. But it actually formed in a way that it proved, when, in hindsight, I suppose, it proved that Stevie Nicks was sleeping with Mick Fleetwood. Because the way they're kind of... Yeah, cuddled up. Cuddled up. And it proved other things about other band members. So... So one of his Mick Fleetwood's basically, basically Mick Fleetwood's wife found out he's having an affair through this magazine cover right strange strange things about that album that, that's definitely shed new light on that album thanks for doing it for me it's dark that's, it's dark but it's hilarious it's a funny dark it's not too dark yeah it's, it's a funny dark. sitcom dark that's definitely my number three anyway but it's a great album for everyone that's out there listening how'd you, how'd you come across that one how'd I come across that one um I actually went to their concert last year. Mm. Um, I only knew kind of their big hits. So I kind of said after myself about the concert. Like, have geez, have to listen now. Yeah, there's some of their songs that like, I didn't really recognise. But they're like to me, they sounded really good at mm. the concert. So, so I went back and started and I was just, I love them. I love them. I love them. I love them. I love Fleetwood Mac. Great band. They're around for 40 years. For too long, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know how they're still going. My number two album on this is actually... Black by Metallica. Right. Um, again, there's a lot of actually ha- heartache in this. But Black is their fourth studio album. Black is their fourth studio album. And the only person who was not going through a divorce in this is actually James Hetfield. Wow. The rest of the band, all marriage is gone. Funny thing about J- James Hetfield. He grew up in a very Christian environment. I th- if he wasn't Christian, he was Mormon, but I think he was Christian. Yeah. And... And this just proves my point. Like if you, whatever environment you grow up in, you become the opposite. You end up resenting it, especially if you grow up around a lot of religion. And you see that in lots and lots and lots of music artists, they resent it. The only person, the only artist that I know of, right, that doesn't resent their religion that they grew up on is actually filmmaker Martin Scorsese. Right? Everybody else freaking hates it. Oh, I didn't know that now. Yeah, no, Scorsese, in all Scorsese's films, there's a lot of Catholicism in it. Yeah. I don't know whether that's just sad realism or what, but he has made like a lot of religious films as well, which is bizarre to me. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, Black by Metallica, anyway. Uh, released in, in 91. Really? Yeah. I thought that was mid-80s. No, 91. 91. Hard to believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, the main reason that they wrote their songs shorter was because they felt like their fans were getting bored at concerts. <laughs> okay. That was actually the main reason for writing shorter songs. Right. It's a strange fact, but... That's that's a weird one, aren't it? Yeah, they feel like their fans were bored at their concerts. I do feel that way about Metallica, though. Yeah. That 
some are a little bit too long. Yeah. As much as I, this is probably my favourite Metallica song, is one. Is one on that album? No. No. One or a Master of Puppets is not on it. Right. Um, one just goes a long, 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 long road. Well, when you know what the song's about, you can't understand you do, it because war do. is dragged out. You do, it and is. The suffering and pain after it is dragged out. Uh, yeah, so. and, the, and there's a lot of that in it, and it's really heartfelt the way that it's it's a told song. It's got a great meaning to it, but I just feel like you could cut the middle of it, it out and it'd still be a good song. Yeah. People are going to hate me for saying this about this album, your listeners. Well, it's it's a diehard album. People love that fucking album. Well, whoever loves Metallica is going to hate me right now because nothing else matters. No, they it's won't the hate you. Song. They don't even know who you are. They'll hate me. Yeah. <laughs> nothing else matters. It's the worst song on that album. Uh, I'd agree with you. I hate that song. So you can hate me as well. So yeah. fuck that song. Actually. And they're not going to like this fact about Hetfield either. Hetfield actually worried writing that song put on album that the Metallica fans were going to hate it because it was too mushy. It is very mushy. Hetfield actually feared that about that song. Well, when you when you think of Metallica back in '91, like they were known as like the heavy, heavy metal band. They're not even that heavy. Like. They're, they're not. They're like they're probably softer than Guns N' Roses at times. Yeah. Well, uh, people might argue that Metallica aren't that dark, but dude, here's a fact that's pretty fucking dark about them. The song "Enter Sandman." Oh, I know what you're gonna say. Go on, yeah. tell them. "Enter Sandman" was actually the first song they wrote for this album. Yeah, and it's actually number of the very first song you listen yeah. when you listen to the album. But it actually, took him the longest to write the song "Enter Sandman" because it's so fucking disturbing. It's so disturbing. So James Hetfield actually had to change the lyrics, and the band actually put him inside and said, "Are you okay?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I fuck. I would probably say the same thing. To God. Tell him what's about. Tell because him. it's actually about crib debt. Cut that. Cut that crib yeah. debt. Yeah. So the song's actually originally about crib debt, and they had to change the lyrics. Yeah. Well, what were you? Do you know what the original is? Can, can we see him on this? I've never read the original lyrics. I don't want to read them. I kind of do. Um, yeah, it's actually about cut debt. I, I watched a film last night where where a baby died and a bunch of people ate it. So yeah, I, I'll. That's the original. Yeah, it's like anyone who says Metallica aren't that dark. That's a fact. They're dark. Yeah, they're James Hetfield's a dark guy. Well, back in nineteen ninety one, he definitely <laughs> he was, was a dark guy. Right, did he have a child that died? Um, I James Hetfield kind of keeps his life quite private. He does. The only thing he's very vocal about is hunting. His hunting and uh, his struggle with alcohol. He's yeah, a, he's a bad alcoholic. Yeah, he's, he struggles. He's actually their tour is actually prolonged because he's a, he's Mul- multiple fucking times has yeah. been cancelled because he's bad. Yeah, alcohol. this tour they're doing at the moment is taking a long time. Um, um he was. Uh, did, did you watch him on Joe Rogan? I tried to. He's I couldn't. Um. They just talked about hunting that for like the hour. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty good. Like yeah. it was just two guys talking about hunting. I was like, all right, fair enough. Whatever. Yeah, James Hetfield. He's he's um. What I do like about Metallica is that they're really charitable. Anytime they do they a are. gig in the country, they donate loads of money to charity. They do, but they were also in outside that. They were the first guys to come out and say, "Don't download their music. Yeah. You're stealing." Yeah, Lars. Yeah, the bassist. Yeah. <laughs> fucking idiot. Yeah. Get out of here, Dick. You. We are multi-millionaires. We need that money. Yeah. For what? What do you need for? The studio pays for everything. What yeah. do you need it for? South Park ripped the piss out of that yeah, one. Yeah, oh my god, yeah. it's such a good number on that yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. Um, what other effects do I have here about Metallica? Um, Sabo True, the song. Probably my favourite song about it. I actually like that one as well. Yeah, I think Sabo True is a great number. Yeah. It's the third song that album, I think. Second or third. Yeah, great song anyway. Um, you can actually thank Motley Crue for this fact. Really? So, yeah, Motley Crue actually made that song for Metallica. That's strange. Because the opening riff, not the opening riff. Yeah, love it. 
Metallica actually wanted to record that in an E. Right. But Motley Crue came back and said, if you actually do that in D, it would sound a lot better. Right. Thanks to Motley Crue, that's where they got that riff from. Were they in the same studio or something? I actually don't know. That's um, something I couldn't get information on. We're back. Back again. Back again, got cut off. Got cut off. Just in the middle of my... Uh, second album. My second album, but yeah, we pretty much got it all in there, so... I'm going to go to my number one album. In fairness, it's an easy one to talk about. It is an easy one to talk about. It's quite interesting. Uh, Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction. Amazing album. What's your favourite number on that? Oh, two artists. Um, if you fa- just pick one. Either Night Train or... Ooh, Night Train's good. Go it's So Easy. I love It's So Easy. Yeah. I'd be caught between Paradise City and It's So Easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah Paradise yeah, is a great song. I love the whistle. That whistle yeah, the whistle just sets it off. It feels like a riot off. or something, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, yeah break stuff. It's a whistle. Yeah. I know why it's there, but for God's sake, Yeah, Appetite for Destruction, released in 87, took over a year to take off. Um, yeah, the band released it in 87, it never took off really. they done a tour, and one year later, they started selling. And you were saying it was before we got cut off. You were saying, like, they got a six o'clock slot. Yeah, so Welcome to the Jungle is the first song on the album, and that's the song that I suppose that and Sweet Child of Mind are two of their biggest songs on their boat on this album. Mm. Um, yeah, so they made a video for Welcome to the Jungle that everybody knows. Everybody knows the video for it. I actually, I don't. Axel is just standing at a bus stop at the start of it, it's raining, it gets onto the bus, song starts, the riff, and then it's just, it's just the band singing and stuff like that. It's not like a mad video. I don't think I've seen it. Oh, you've de- you know what I mean. Everyone's seen it. So yeah, um, in the Guns N' Roses could not get could not take off because it's a new type of music back in nineteen eighty seven and slash eighty eight that no one heard of. It's kind of it's hard rock. It's I feel like they weren't they weren't pushed. Yeah, uh, the producers didn't push it out there enough. Yeah. Because they were huge on the Sunset Strip in Los Angeles. They were massive. Huge, yeah. And they, and they didn't have an album at the time. Yeah. They were massive. And as a band, they couldn't be controlled. They kept getting kicked out of places. Yeah. They're real bad boys. They're in their early 20s at this yeah. stage. They're drinking buckets of alcohol. But anyway, yeah. So they were done a tour. Took off a little bit. But then they made a video for Welcome to the Jungle. At 6 o'clock in the morning, MTV said, right, we released at 6 o'clock in the morning. No, no other time. And they're like, Jesus, like, no one's going to listen to it. So I can imagine their reaction was a little bit more than Jesus knows. Yeah, <laughs> I say there's, <coughs> I say there's a hard choice of words oh, exchanged yeah, on yeah. it. Harsh words. But anyway, it was released at six o'clock in the morning US time, and it just blew up, blew up the lights in the phone. I wonder if the fact it was six US time would have been earlier in the evening in like Europe. Europe. Did that yeah. have anything to do with it? It could have. Well. Across the time zone in Eastern five, Eastern America, yeah. Uh, five for New York, and I think it's six or seven for Los Angeles. Yeah, so that, that'd be like midday for mm. us here in New York, or in Ireland, I should say. Um, yeah, so the album cover is pretty dark as well. This is really <laughs> yeah. cool. This yeah. is bizarre. <laughs> the album cover that we all know is the Five Skulls, and it all represents each band member. That's the album cover we know it as. Yeah. The original album cover is really dark. Um, yeah, it's um, it's really dark. So it was an image by Robert Williams painting, which was also had a similar title, "Appetite for Destruction." But it has a girl with her pants around her ankles and a robot rapist about to rape her. Rape her. 
and a metal avenging angel above her, ready to take revenge on the horrible sin that's going to commence. So bizarre to have that as an album cover. I have to see. I have to look at it, but like I haven't seen it. Maybe it's to do with the destruction of the crime that's about to come. I don't know, or the destruction that will happen after it. I. We shouldn't go down because it could yeah, be very a, fragile a, to a lot That's of almost as bad as the Steven Seagal yeah. rabbit hole. And obviously, this is too much for a gruesome image, so several retailers refuse to stock it. And then, Axel Rose had his own idea for an album cover of a, like a space shot that went to space and a massive, and it just explodes because of the destruction. Yeah. And that, that was... That was around the time of Apollo 4, I think. I yeah. think in the 80s, um, there was like a failed takeoff and it blew up on the ground where you didn't even get to space. Yeah. But also, like, 80s, uh, Cold War. Yeah. They're going to drop bomb on us. When's it going to happen? We yeah. don't know. So, there's probably that in it as well. Like, as in, don't, don't yeah. do this. It's not going to help anyone. Yeah, another cool thing about uh, this album. Uh, Welcome to the Jungle. The very first song on the album. Obviously, the number one hit that was on MTV and stuff like that. Done. Lyrics wrote, music written, recorded in less than three hours. And that's per song. That's not true. That is Welcome to the Jungle. I mean, less true as well. Per song. Like, they've done songs in less than an hour. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Like, I don't know any other band that's done that. It's crazy talent. Mm. Like, that's how you know you've a talented band in the studio. Right and then the work, as much as they were kind of reckless and had an appetite for destruction, I suppose. And I never liked that in any kind of band. I, don't, I think it's immature. I think it's kind of stupid. And it kind of sets off a wrong setting for music, especially rock concerts, because some people focus too much on that. Yeah, yeah. To yeah. what... They focus on behaviour and so Yeah, the behaviour of it, like it becomes a drama and it's just yeah. kind of stupid. Um But like for them to be actually that talented to get down in three hours is pretty yeah. pretty cool. Pretty destructive. <laughs> nice. 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 Take uh, it to the bank center. Yeah. <laughs> the blood bank. Mr. Brownstone. Uh, I think it was like the fifth song on the album. Yeah, I like Ro- that one. Roll on the back of a grocery bag. I love I think it's it's so easy with rolling the back of a pizza box. Yeah, I think it's that. Who's actually um, who's actually like that in modern music? I suppose you could call it nowadays music. Cause it was really like that for jotting down lyrics and random things. It's actually, Lady Gaga. Yeah, it seems like the type. Yeah. Did you watch the documentary about Lady Gaga? No. It was on Netflix. It's worth a watch for how cringy it is. Nah, no. So bad. Nah, no, not gonna watch it. So so bad. Uh, Paradise City. Amazing too. <laughs> yeah. A fun fact: everyone's Man, gonna like. This is not our opinion on it. This is a fact about Slash. It's funny. Yeah. Just, Slash just said this. I don't comment. It's funny, but I, I don't think it's right. I think they so, picked the right one. Everyone knows the lyrics of Paradise City. Yeah, everyone knows. like, yeah. So the original is, uh, Take me down to the Paradise City where the grass is green and the girls are pretty. But Slash wanted, Take me down to the Paradise City where the girls are fat and, and they've got big titties. <laughs> that was outvoted by the band members. I wonder why. <laughs> but yeah, it was it's pretty funny like. It so. is, it's, it's quite funny. Um yeah, it was the best selling debut album in the US with eighteen million copies. That's nuts because you think of like Michael Jackson albums that didn't But this is a debut album, like. Yeah This is their first oh, album. Oh right, yeah, okay, I'm with you now, yeah. And uh, it's thirty million worldwide. Thirty million worldwide. But in the first year like don't like how, how, how much was the album per go one? 1987 Say 7 bucks 7 bucks Probably I say here Like £4 at the time Maybe pounds. Would be a lot even 13, That's a lot of money Yeah uh, Their take is obviously Like a couple of cents of that Yeah but the producers Want to stop selling that Why? Because I only made like 200,000 In the first year in the, Like 
in a long time, you know. Yeah. So they want to stop selling it, but um, even two hundred thousand will be happy with that. Yeah. So as we're discussing earlier on, most albums have a A and B side of it. Yeah, there's a that comes from the vinyl. Yeah, that's from the sides, side and the yeah. B side. Yeah. yeah. So the Guns and Roses side of it is a uh, Guns for all the rock songs at the start, yeah. and the Roses for like Sweet Child of Mine and all the other softer core. All, all the other softer core ones, and it's yeah. telling you about uh, how they relate a song, how Elton John actually influenced them throughout the album. Yeah. Which uh, your song, and they had a friend called Michelle, <laughs> and there's a song on it called My My Michelle or Why My Michelle or something along those lines. Yeah. And uh, so she's driving along with Axel. And slash. slash one day in the car, and your song by Elton John comes on, and she's like, "Oh, I really like a song written about me." So I said, like, oh, "Okay, so we'd write you a song." <laughs> so it's actually about uh, drug ab- her drug abuse and pornography. Pornography. So and the relationship with her mother. Yeah, relationship with her mother relating to those things. So it just absolutely destroyed wrecked her. her. <laughs> destroyed her. Probably catapulted her porn career, but wrecked her other than that. Yeah. So the first couple of songs is like uh, "Welcome to the Jungle," "It's So Easy," "Night Train." Mr. Brownstone, Paradise City. And they're all brilliant numbers. Yeah. I listen to one, one, like one, two, three, four, five of that. See, anytime I listen to something, I listen to it the whole yeah. way through. What's in the middle of those couple of songs as well is um, Out To Get Me. Yeah. Right? So that's about his, when in his younger days, when yeah. the guards are always out to get me. Right. Great song. So all the, yeah, the first like six songs of the album are like all good rock songs. And then the last, that's the gun side of it. The Rose side was like Sweet Child of Mine and Mine by Wayne Michelle, which is rips our apart. I don't know why it's on the Rose side, but yeah, it's really good. If I was to recommend an album to anyone listen, it would probably be Appetite for Destruction purely because there's both sides to it. There's good heavy rock and there's a softer side to it as well. We kind of done this thing where we've had record of like recommend albums. I'm gonna do a 180 on that one, right? Recommend an album to anyone, right? That they've never heard of because. People heard about albums. Right? They are, they're, they're classic albums. Give me an album that you listen to. Nobody else listens to. Oh god, I'm, I listen to nobody else does. Yeah. Can be anything now. I don't think a lot of people listen to Brothers in Arms by Dire Straits. They know Dire Straits, but I don't. Ah, I don't know. I feel like that's a popular one. I've seen it on a couple of shelves. Go again. Oh god. Um. Led Zeppelin two. 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 I'd always go and kind of go gravitate towards three. I think three is the one that people buy the most, but I think two is the better one. Yeah, Mothership is great as well. That's basically that's a compilation. Yeah. But um, yeah, every like I, f- I feel like I've bought Mothership a hundred times. Just yeah, so have I. Yeah. It's one of those albums that goes missing or something. I feel like I've listened to it a million times. Yeah, I just that one. Right, well, what's the best Led Zeppelin song? The best Led Zeppelin song is not not Stairway to Heaven. Yeah, I fucking hate that. And one. it's not Hold Out of Love either. I like Hold Out Love, but I would agree. I don't think it's the best number. Um, for me, I think their best song is Ramble On. For me, it's In The Evening. In The Evening, yeah. Fucking yeah, great tune. Yeah. I can listen to that at any time. In The Evening. I just think with Led Zeppelin, there's a sense of adventure. There is. Do you know who's... You, you know what I'm going to say here. The greatest adventure songwriter. Oh, John Denver. John Denver. Yeah, I was thinking that. What right? a dude. I was, waiting, so. I was waiting for that to turn up on, on this, because that's why I didn't put it on my own. I was thinking of it, but I can't find a decent album. Yeah, it's kind of He's no decent album. Problem. He's like, he's no just, I just want to buy a greatest hits album. Great, yeah, he is the greatest hits guy though. Yeah. yeah. Annie's song, Annie's other song, yeah. a song for Annie. Yeah. You know. He really wants to get back to Annie. Take me home, Country Roads, Country yeah. Roads, take me home. Yeah. Wasn't the best guy when it came to naming conventions. No, he was not, but. You, John Denver you, is fucking amazing. You probably won't agree with me, but I actually prefer John Denver over Johnny Cash. So do I. 
Yeah. Easily, yeah. I'd listen to more John Denver than I would Johnny Cash. Yeah. And any Johnny Cash fans out there that haven't listened to John Denver, which I feel like a lot of them probably have, listen to a couple of albums. Yeah. They're so good. You were you were taken on a merry ride through a, on, on the. He's he's just a centre of interval. Like you you're on a boat that's sailing on the wind across North America. That's the most dramatic way I can put yeah. it. But that's what it feels like because he sings the song uh, "Rocking Mountain High." You're there with him, uh, Calypso. You're on a ship going on an adventure. He's amazing at that, and I don't know what yeah. it is about the. And it's not the lyrics. It's, it's a, I think it's the way he sings it. Yeah, it, it's a soothing, the soothingness of his yeah, voice. Yeah, and he just sounds like a nice guy. Yeah, and he looks he's so at ease. He's a lunatic, yeah. but he sounds like a nice dude. Yeah. Remember he chainsawed the bed in half? He chainsawed his bed in half because he got divorced like three times. Yeah, but he has a song, uh, Leave It On Jet Plane, one of my favourite numbers. I always listen to it because I'm in long distance relationship, so I believe it on Jet, jet Plane. I'm that kind of sap. But um, he has that line that, like, sure, I've played around yeah. with pretty much everyone, but I swear to God, I'm going to come back and marry you this time. Yeah. <laughs> and when I come back, I'll bring your wedding ring. So yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's that kind of guy. He's got a... So he got, I, I know he has a lot of covers. Fun fact about Take Me Home Country Roads, it's um, Almost Heaven, West Virginia. Mm. It was almost... I don't think that the line went almost heaven, but it was, it was something similar. Massachusetts. Yeah. Yeah, and it was about Massachusetts, not West Virginia, and he just changed it to West Virginia. Probably sounded better, is he? Probably was, rolled off the tongue he, better. He was debuting it before the album came out at like whatever place they were going, and last second changed it to West Virginia, which is a talent. Yeah. To be able to do that, but um, yeah, so that's become like the, West Virginia for anyone who doesn't know in modern times, lovely place, kind of going on, kind of in a lot of trouble right now. If there's to be a revolution in America, like people kind of say they are, it'll start there. Mm. Because those poor people in West Virginia, like my heart goes out to them, like they've been so forgotten about it. What a beautiful part of America. Though. The whole lot of the Appalachian Mountains are crossing yeah. through it. It's amazing. I would love to go there, but I'm afraid because I get eaten <laughs> by the locals or the beer. Um, but they, there's just an artist now that just, he takes you somewhere else. He takes you with him. He does. He, 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 he takes you with him. He has a lot of love songs. And normally I hate love songs. I think he's got the better love songs. Yeah. If, if I was to list a couple of love songs, it'd probably be John Denver. Beats Careless Whisper, any day. Do you that saxo? Yeah. If you ever want someone to not make love to you, if you're on a one night or whatever, this is a bit of advice from an old fool, take it. Have Careless Whisper on the ready, just in case you just, I don't know, don't want to go through it. Try and Careless Whisper. As soon as they hear that saxo, run. Yeah. Yeah. A fart. That's the alternative as well. You could just do that too. But Careless Whisper is a way to not get jiggy with it. I'm still stuck on John Denver. I'm still on an adventure here. Down in my head. Yeah. I actually, uh, I paint a lot, right? And every time I paint, I listen to John Denver. Yeah. Yeah. If I was painting a mountainscape, then I'd have to. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, and it's just. I think anyone who knows John Denver can definitely understand that. In another world. Yeah. In another world. And I think like, Definitely has a great contribution to music. There could be a thunderstorm outside, and you listen you're to John Denver. You're just in a happy place. Yeah. You're in West Virginia, though. Which, or Massachusetts, whatever. I don't know why he thought Massachusetts was a great place. It's nice. If I was to pick a place that just looks nice, it would definitely be West Virginia. Yeah, it's hard to know them. Hard to know them. Not going to find out now, are you? Definitely not. Um, 
I think most people know Take Me Home Country Roads for that remix that happened in the 90s. Oh, that was terrible. Nah, nah, nah. Eh, eh. Oh, that should have never happened. Oh, really ruined that song for me. Yeah, I actually prefer Denver to Cash. Yeah, country-wise, yeah. What do you think of Willie Nelson? Willie Nelson? Yeah. I prefer Chris Christopherson. Ooh. Parisian rub. He actually wrote Sunday Morning Coming Down. Johnny Cash song. He wrote a lot of songs for other people. Yeah. He was in the he was a he was a pilot. Yeah. And yeah. A, and a jan- and he gave up being a pilot to go be a janitor at the wherever they record country music. Yeah. It's in Nashville, I think, somewhere. And was a janitor there and to try to get into the music business. It's like that's a the, like you go from pilot to janitor. <laughs> that's some step down. He loves his music. He he really must. He's um he's in he's in a shitload of movies as well. Chris Christopherson so is Willie Nelson yeah well, Willie Nel- like Willie Nelson is an actor and he's just kind of there just because Willie Nelson is Willie Nelson is Asian since the beginning of time he's been old since the yeah. 70s he's been old since he's born like he came old he, he must have yeah. because like, I, feel, I feel there's a couple of people like that like uh, Leslie Nielsen the guy from the Naked Gun movies yeah. he was in Scary Movie 3 as well that guy's been old since I've been young Like, well, yeah. I know he's dead now but like but Willie Nelson is still alive yeah, like Willie Nelson is old when he was born 25 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Me too, yeah. He was ancient then. He was 80 then. He must be about 100 and something yeah. now. <laughs> I actually... <laughs> I, I did something... He just doesn't. I did something really bad last night. <laughs> Do you want to hear about it? Go ahead. Keith Richards put up um, a post about Little Richard. Little Richard died yesterday. A singer? Yeah. Long Tall Sally? I think so, yeah. Is that him? Yeah, that's... I think yeah, that's Little Richard, yeah. Yeah. Um, and just... He, he died and I was like, oh shit, Little Richard. I didn't know he was fucking alive. I thought he died years ago. Oh, yeah. But, like, but he was massive in the 50s, like. Oh, he was huge back then. Yeah. Um, but, like, you know, uh, Keith Richards put up this post about him on Facebook. So I t- uh, he's like, uh, you know, very sad to hear about the fact my good friend Keith Richards, or uh, my good friend um, Little Richard. I was like, did you do heroin together or something? But um, I put, put underneath it, I was like, so sad to hear, but I'm still kind of curious how you're alive. How is Keith Richards still alive? Yeah, that's hard to know. He's still, like we were making jokes about this twenty years ago. Yeah. I've watched comedies. The kids from saying like, and people are saying like, how is Keith Richards still alive? He's still alive. It's twenty twenty. He's still alive. They will nuke the whole world. There'll be two cockroaches and Keith Richards. What a guy! What like it's just uh, Keith Richards and Willie Nelson. And Willie Nelson, yeah. There'll be fossils. They'll be, they'll be like when the world is wiped bare by whatever the frick happens, right? Um, some other species from another planet will land, right? And it's just going to be a campfire going, two stones. And we else is going to be on a harmonica, and the Kiwi's just going to be playing a guitar, and they're going to be welcoming the aliens. It's just like, oh, this is what happened. They'll be the only two to survive. Rumor has it, William Nelson is older than the dinosaurs. It's, yeah. Rumor has it, he, he is a him. dinosaur. <laughs> he fought him, but. I don't know when he did that Killed him with country music uh, uh, <laughs> No he killed him with that song Crazy They all committed suicide That's yeah. what happened Yeah wow Yeah I prefer Chris Christopherson For his For his writing Yeah he's Sunday a, morning coming down Is a deep song It's deep We've all been there We've all been hung over On a Sunday Yeah but just even If you really listen to it Like a, It's a deep deep song Like there's more to it Than just a hangover A lot more to it Do you remember In the very early 2000s Garrett Brooks went on um, Oh god Garrett Brooks was Garrett Brooks You know dancing outside no. the fire no, Don't you know, he's, talk he's, to me about he's, a, he's a deep intellectual Because you know You wouldn't dance in the fire Would you You know So you have to dance outside the fire I don't know what the fuck that means Garrett Brooks is a country singer So he couldn't make us a rock star 
But he tried that. He had yeah. this other identity and wore a wig and everything. Yeah. Oh, so funny. Yeah. Look, look, yeah. look that up. If it, uh, I don't know what his he what name he went under when he was in the. Gar Brooks is his stage name as well, isn't it? He I've got a hundred different names. Yeah. hundred different names. No one knows who he is. He's hiding from the government. <laughs> he's actually a spy. Um, he, yeah, he's, he's a Russian spy and he's just been spying on, on, on Americans. Yeah, Gar Brooks. He's Vladimir Putin. <laughs> That's what that guy is. It's, it's, it's Putin. It's, it's Putin in boots. Yeah. Putin boots. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't want to end this podcast on Gar Brooks, now, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like it's going pretty bad when we're talking about Gary Brooks as well. Yeah, maybe. I brought it up. It's my fault. If you're going to, uh, Willie Nelson ain't much better. We're going well with John Denver. <laughs> we are, yeah. Um, someone we failed to mention. It was going to be on my list and it's going to be on your list as well. Is Rory Gatter. Yeah, Rory Gatter. Irish legend. Irish legend. Guitarist. And a lot of Americans don't know who he is. So if you're from... A lot America, of English people don't know who he is. That, yeah. yeah. Uh, they can't say his name right, that's why. Um... Gallagher. Yeah, they're screaming into the phone, Rory Gallagher. And it just Google's like, what? But, um, yeah, Rory Gallagher. I think his best album is Tattoo. Yeah. It's the easiest to listen to. It's the best music on it. And if you're not too into it, you can still listen to it. His other albums are quite difficult to listen to. If you're not into it. Rory's a difficult guy, though. When I first bought a Rory Gallagher album, which was Tattoo, it's the only album I think I have. I even found it hard to listen to. I have tapes from San Francisco. It's a live album, I think. Is it a live album? He done a lot of live albums, yeah. Yeah. I think his, his live albums are good. They all sound different. He does the same number. Mm. Yeah, I don't think he does the same number twice. No, and he actually influenced a lot of you know big musicians. Slash. Yeah, Slash. Slash well. cited him as like, oh, that was... Him. And then when they asked... This is a renowned story, right? But they asked Jimi Hendrix, yeah, what yeah. is it like to be the world's greatest guitarist? He said, I don't know. Go ask that Irish guy. Yeah. Fun story about Jimi Hendrix as well. Um, the band Cream. Yeah. He was there uh, with him. And they invited Eric Clapton on the stage to play. And he locked himself in the room and wouldn't play with him. Because right? he knew. Because he knew, right? Didn't Jimi Hendrix on that motherfucking day, right? Also, um, wouldn't play with Rory Gallery either because they opened for Cream in the 70s. A character around town, great drummer called Dringin' Rain, legend of the man. Um, he told me the story because he was there he, he was the guy who was there everywhere like he yeah. was at all those gigs um, and he said like that they opened and then the audience you know like whatever come out and play with Rory and Clapton locked himself in a room again seems to be his go to I just go and lock myself in a room don't blame him just, well, he would have been showed up uh, I think personally I'd hate to try match Rory again I wouldn't uh, fancy my chances um, what do you think about about Rory no about Eric Don't like him Not at all Don't like it. Even as a person I don't know him personally Obviously But All the stories you read And Things like that And even just interviewing wise He just seems like an ass And his, and his music Is the music of an ass as well It's a little bit safe Just a yeah. tiny bit safe it's, it's It's boring It's kind of boring Yeah It lacks a lot of soul I think Tears in Heaven Was a breakout Then there was Layla Tears in Heaven And Layla Only his two Songs yeah. I actually listened to I stuff. think Cream as a band are brilliant but that's because Ginger Raker is a fantastic drummer yeah. he's an amazing drummer um, I remember there's a there's actually a clip still on YouTube of this right of Eric Clapton during the Isle of Wight I can't remember what year said some not so nice things about maybe some couple of racist comments 
um, and said Enoch Powell was right. Now, if you don't know who Enoch Powell is, he was kind of conservative. We won't say I wouldn't go out and out and say he's a total racist, but I think he's a hyper nationalist. Okay. Right. Um, and Clapton kind of recited what he said, said he's right, and then said a bunch of not very nice things about racism. Now, I do personally think he was just off of his game at the time. Yeah. I don't think he's actually a racist. But someone's come out and do that. It's kind of, that's kind of a bit shitty. You know? There's a little bit of music history that's going to be lost to time because Eric Clapton keeps on trying to bury it. <laughs> yeah, Clapton is just, I don't know. To me, he's like... J.J. Cale wrote most of his songs. I'll put it this way. To me, Eric Clapton is the propaganda of music. What do you mean? I just... You just, trying to tell me that Eric Clapton is fake news. Basically. <laughs> Alright, explain Eric, that point. Eric Clapton, right, he writes musically, right? He writes one thing. He, his music sounds rock and roll, but his lyric is about something totally different. Yeah, lyrically I wouldn't think he's too good. Lyrically, he's just he's singing something that sounds totally different to the music he's playing. Yeah, and he kind of goes through emotions as well. Yeah, like, yeah. lyrically, he's singing like a love song, but behind it all, there's like this. What's made there should be no rock and like hard rock and roll, like you know. I I I, I think it's a, from my perspective, though, there's a lack of passion there. Maybe he just got bored of it. Layla is a good song, but it's done by the wrong person. Yeah, I would agree there. You know? One of the all-time greatest songs ever. Actually, probably the greatest rock song ever. And uh, fight any man who disagrees with me. Actually, I won't. I won't fight anyone. I don't, <laughs> I don't fight. I don't fight full stop. But I will argue until you uh, persist and I get bored and I walk away. Um, a song called "In a Gada da Vida." Oh yeah. You can't listen to that and not get infected by it. Yeah. I don't care if you're the most conservative nun ever. You will tear your knickers off and wear it on your head. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It's a good song. It's an amazing song, and I think it's just all kinds of perfect. And it was by Iron Butterfly, and it just had that. And that was it. And that was it. Yeah. And I first heard it the same place you first heard it in The Simpsons. Yeah. Remember that bit where he's on the yeah. pipe organ, or one is like sweating yeah. buckets because he changed it to the yeah. was like, and then you know the the preacher afterwards is like, wait a second, this isn't gospel, this is rock and our roll. Yeah. I love that joke. I, I still say it to this day, Joe. If I pass a place and it's like a rock and roll band, I go, rock and our roll? Yeah, it's funny, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Simpsons is classic for stuff like that. Yeah. It's so infectious, such an infectious riff. Yeah, you just hear it and you're just like, oh, yeah, I know this. Yeah, I know this number. I don't know where I know it from. Um, another band, I'm uh, trying to think of the name of it. They wrote song Hush. Deep Purple. Oh, Deep Purple. Love Deep Purple. Not a band I listen to. You have to. You have, you have listened never, enough, that's I, why. I, no, I've never listened to them in general. Alright, okay. I've just never done it. And who I actually don't like, and I can't say that. I don't care what anyone thinks me for. Do not like Prince. Yeah, I I like Prince. It's, I like, just, it's just not for me. He's not for a lot of people. I I suppose he was the alternative to Michael Jackson. He's a more grown-up Michael Jackson. I feel like anyone I say this to, it's like a highly insult. Yeah. That's a reaction I get. I think so too. Um, I'm just like, do you like Prince? <laughs> yeah, I, I like think Like, how many Prince songs do you Prince. actually know? Like? Yeah, when does Christ? 
Red Beret. Uh, Little Red Corvette. See, I don't know, I like, I don't know the name of these songs. I just, I tried to listen, and it just didn't work out for me. Just... It's, it's Raspberry Beret. I remember. Yeah, he does have these kind of. He is some musician, though. He is. Out he's very talented. I've no argument there. Amazing musician, some guitarist. Yeah, he's, so good. He's just not for me. He just doesn't do it for me. And, and he, as he died, I don't think he's been called Prince anymore. He's known as the art, artist formerly known as Prince. He changes yeah. his name. It was a lot of drama. It's stupid. It's one of the stories you know rock and roll stories that go around but that's probably one of the more boring ones yeah um he was a mormon he was right eh? uh, no sorry he's a jehovah's witness um and he went door to door on sundays do you know the way they go door yeah. to door on sundays he went door to door on sundays have you heard the good news like you see those guys at the door you're just like oh go away anyone who's jehovah's witnesses listen i'm sorry but stop knocking on my door i'm not interested um but like if prince is at your door you're kind of like oh Tea. Prince John T. Yeah. And he was the only person I'd say that was invited into people's houses. Um, but yeah, he was a mad Joe's Witness. And people used to have that story mixed up with Michael Jackson. That Michael Jackson was Joe's Witness when he was growing up. Yeah, Michael Jackson was. He was something else. He was something else. Touchy subject for people. It is! Right. Michael Jackson is a person, whatever, you believe it, you don't believe it. I don't know, I don't care. But that's, that's it. I don't care, right? I know what happened is horrible. And I know there's so much speculation about whether it's true or not. It's kind of a conspiracy theory at the time. There was a thing leaving Neverland. Those kids came out and said these things. Seems believable. Very detailed. Seems believable. Um, if I was to get away from that and just say musically alone, without having any of that attached to it. Because honestly, I feel like a person does this. If their song is good, it's good. You know, it's, it's the same with Gary Glitter, except his songs were shit. Yeah. You know? But that's the way we should all look at it. Everyone should look at music. Like yeah. You shouldn't look at the... At the person. The person isn't the music. Yeah. It's who plays... It's a vessel for the music. Yeah. You know what I mean? And in Michael Jackson's case, he had some of the best fucking music out there. Still to this day, he has some of the best music out yeah. there. Turned his hand to a lot of different tunes. Um, a lot of the rough form. He took it to a whole new level. There you go, our top three albums. Um, that was that was fun. That was a lot of fun, and it was great to talk to a buddy of mine on the podcast. It was easy to get to talk to anyone, especially when it comes to, to music. The guy knows a lot of music, and I hope you enjoyed. And why don't you reach out and tell me your three top your top three albums? And if you're on Spotify, listening to this right now, I highly recommend. If I could pick, because we did do the thing where we picked. I said go listen to um, Cyberpunk and also go listen to Appetite for Destruction. Don't do it in the same sitting because they're not two albums that correlate with each other. But check out those albums because I think they're personally really good. If you got an album that you think should have been on the list or that you want us to listen to, hit me up on, on Twitter or Instagram. The Twitter is at Arts and Minds Podcast and the Instagram is at Wendigo that's W-E-N-D-A-Y-G-O so I hope you enjoyed it the Steam Music Albit is coming next and then we'll peace out after that hope you have a great day stay safe and thanks so much for listening I will leave you kick it off whichever way you want to go where it says 3 to 1 or oh uh, yeah go 1 3 to, to, three to 1 but I'll do, do my honourable mentions first but like honestly this is, like we've been doing this for a long time this brings back to the radio yeah, we've been doing the radio since we're what, 16?
Yeah, we're around that age. We're yeah. doing it at a very young age. Yeah, so it's about ten years. And then, then we bounced out of it. Then we bounced out with a bang. Yeah. Hospital misses big time. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they do. I don't <laughs> even realize we're there. But um. <laughs> yeah, we connected on, on on music. How long were we friends now? Fifteen years. Yeah, a long time now. Yeah. Uh, we've been through a lot of bands. Through a lot of bands, through a lot of different emotions as well with those bands. But. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's just some tears. Tears were shed. Tears were shed to certain types of music. Yeah, beer was drunk to other types of music. I think those two things might actually have been connected. Yeah. <laughs> this is such a beautiful song. <laughs> um, do you know what the number one was when you were born? Actually, the year I was born, Ireland won the Eurovision. Oh God! <laughs> yeah. um, I think it was the last time we won the Eurovision. I'm, uh, I'm not sure on that. It was actually um, rock and roll kids. Oh, I was waiting for you to say Johnny Logan. I was like, what? No, I'm not. I'm not forty. <laughs> no, I was actually rock and roll kids when I was. Uh... That's not bad. My one's worse. Do you know I was number one when I was born? I mean, you just brought up the minister called Meatloaf. Meatloaf. I do a- anything for love, but I won't do that. What is it you won't do? I actually went back and listened. Remember, we were at this for about four years. I was like, yeah. what won't he do? When you actually listen to lyrics, right? Uh, your one is saying you just lie and cheat and run away, and he's saying I won't do that. Yeah. We always thought it was some weird sex thing that he wouldn't do. Yeah. Um, but he's still running through a graveyard with long fingernails in the video, so he's still doing it now. Yeah. More likely. He's a he's a definitely he's an out there character. Bef- before I even get onto this, um, I had a weird day yesterday. I had a pretty strange one, right? I went down to the Stephen Seagal loophole. <laughs> Remember oh, that time we were yeah, talking? The glimmer man, yeah. I was I was in I was in bed, right? And it was one of those mornings where I just honestly I didn't want to get up. I was just kinda of like if I get up, you know, why was I we're in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. You know? So I just started thinking about that awful line from Hard to Kill is I'm gonna take it to the blank senator. The blood bank. The blood bank, yeah. The yeah. worst line in film uh, Yeah, and and, and it started, I started thinking that I was like, who wrote that? Somebody had to put a pen to paper, and I just imagine this curly haired guy with glasses. I don't know why, and a and a tie, and he's like, and he writes that, and he thinks like that's that's it. That's what selling the movie, yeah. the blood bank moment with Steven Seagal. See what happened to that guy who was writing that, right? It's just a theory, but uh, he definitely watched Predator and all the cheesy lines in Predator. He's like, you know what? I can make this more fucking cheesy. Yeah, I, 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 I can going to take it. off. Yeah, probably. I think that was probably like the Yippie Kaye moment. Yeah, uh, stick um, around if, if it bleeds. <laughs> yeah. You know, all those great lines. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is going to be the great one in the movie. And he obviously never said it out loud. And he obviously never got Steven Seagal to say it out loud. Because there is literally about 30... Like, it's too long for a film. The gap between, I'm going to take you to the bank. And, and it waits gap. for, like, too long. And then it's like, the blood bank. And then the cheesy guitarist yeah, the, the guitar- Right, but I went down to Steven Seagal loophole, right? And we're done to find that, that writer. See, see all the stuff he's done. He hasn't done much. Yeah. He wrote a couple of Christmas movies. Well, I went into Steven Seagal trivia on IMDb, and oh my god, what, what kind, what kind of a rabbit hole I went down? It was brilliant. Steven Seagal said, right? He actually said this that the CIA he worked with the CIA to take down uh, Japanese gangsters. He also said, um. When they were shooting, I think it's Exit Wounds. You're the one with, is it Marilyn Wayans? Marilyn Wayans. It's, yeah. it's one of the Wayans brothers. Yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah, Mar- yeah. He, he actually said this, right? This is brilliant. You're going to love this, right? Seagal turns up late to set, right? And one of the Wayans brothers is sitting there, whatever his name is, I forget. I think it's Marilyn Wayans, isn't it? It was the guy from uh, My Wife and Kate. I don't know, 
there's a shitload of Williams brothers. Yeah, I, I think he is one of the Williams brothers. He, no, he is one of them. I just don't know which one he yeah, is. Yeah, it's like away from my wife and kids. Anyway. One of them is a director. One of them's actually a fucking good director. But it's it's the Bali one. That's the yeah, he's away from my wife and kids. Right, yeah. right we, 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 we sat down that, right? So he's sitting there, right? And Sagal comes out. <laughs> Sagal says, I just after reading the greatest script ever wrote. And Wayne says to him, Oh, yeah, who who wrote it? And Sagal turns around and says, I did. Oh, <laughs> God. Yeah. I did. I, I, I wrote the greatest script ever. It's like, yeah. uh, there's, like, if anybody is looking to pass two hours, go down to Steven Seagal, Luke Hall. This guy is crazy. Yeah. He is a lunatic. Yeah. He, there was a case, an actual case, that he had uh, trafficked women into kind of like his studio or whatever, his office, that he was using a sex name. And this is an actual case that got dismissed. I don't know how it got dismissed or why it got dismissed. Maybe money passed hands. Maybe it didn't. I don't know. It's hypothetical right now, right? But if that's true, that guy's a lunatic. He's a bit of a Melly G. And, and, but Melly G has talent. Mel Gibson yeah, has talent. Mel Gibson has talent. He, He's a lunatic, but he has talent. He's a discovered talent at that. Yeah. He was, yeah. But oh my God. Steven Seagal. It's the greatest story ever told. <laughs> Someone needs to make a documentary about Steven Seagal. <laughs> yeah, Starring yeah. Steven Seagal. Fuck Ray Kelly, we want Steven Seagal. He's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. <laughs> oh, it was brilliant. Like, the, the things that that guy didn't do, that he said he'd done, is just... He just takes credit for things that other yeah. people do. Brilliant. It's a bit of a rocky. Uh, kind of, yeah. Yeah. I suppose he's actually talented enough. Stallone? Yeah. Oh, Stallone's incredibly talented. Yeah. He just doesn't get... He's a better writer than an actor, like, you know? Well, yeah. He can't speak... Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, but like he's a he's an unsung, yeah. absolutely unsung talent. But like he like he's one of the richest people in Hollywood right now. So I think he went the right way. He took yeah. the right direction. And we're on the thing of cheese lanes. Aaron Schwarzenegger actually came out and said before that um, him and Sylvester Stallone actually despise one another in their early careers. Yeah, they hate each other. Yeah. And that's what drove them, to, both of them, to be the best they can. Cause when uh, Stallone was making. Or sorry, when Schwarzenegger was involved in Predator, Sloan went off and made Rambo. But and Rocky. We would have made Rambo too then. Yeah. So they're actually trying to match each other. I mean, match trying, films. I, I seen the thing when they were doing Breakout together. I think it was yeah. Breakout, one of those movies that are all together. And he was saying like, um, all you really wanted to do is want to match body counts. Like who has yeah. the bigger body count in the movie? And I think that's why Commando has such a massive <laughs> body count. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like how many people, just in the last half hour of that movie, I'd say 2,000 people die. Just to kill two battalions. Or yeah, two yeah. battalions get killed by one guy. <laughs> yeah. Aaron Schwarzenegger. 